You're listening to The Football Pod from thefootballpod.com. This is Sam Pierce. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Kimberly Ann Maley. We also have a very special guest in studio tonight that I'll be revealing in just a second. First, let me thank our sponsor and get to a couple important announcements, though. We are brought to you, as usual, by Syracuse Technologies. We record at the Syracuse Technologies studio every week. They give us studio time to come in and record the show. We always have state-of-the-art equipment, and we get their help with production, too. But here's the thing. They can come anywhere on site and do this for you guys, too, or your businesses. So if you need to bring in professionals to help with any sort of media or production challenges, check out cusetech.com. That's cusetech.com. And these guys go everywhere, conventions, hotels, events, everything. And they bring the best equipment and do the best work. They can help you guys with event services and really all your IT services needs. They are a certified Microsoft partner, so check them out and uh, tell them I sent you. Okay, a couple quick announcements. Uh, We got really great feedback from you guys on the College Football Futures podcast from a few weeks ago. So thanks for letting us know that you liked that. And for everyone that asked, yes, I will absolutely get Kevin in here again a few more times this season to talk about college football. We normally talk NFL on this show, but we started picking the college games last year. Um, Kim kicked my ass in our 2016 competition. Uh, We've got Kevin picking games with us this year, and also Matt Gardner. Uh, Matt's the absolute best fantasy football player I've ever met, so we'll probably get him doing some Q's fantasy stuff for us over on the other website, but uh, I'm actually stuck in the same division with him in Tip Hill Premier League. It's not fun. But he's great at picking college games, too. So check out the website all week. We've got a team picking college games. We've got our usual pick six where we pick the best NFL games every week. And we've just got tons of stuff going on all year. Uh, Lots of uh, improvements and new features and things are being added to the website all the time. And obviously, uh, obviously the podcast as well. So with that, let's get on to this week's show. Cam, you're looking pretty happy after the Green Bay win over Seattle at Lambeau yesterday. I am. And it usually takes um, quite a bit to put a smile on my face. So uh... (laughs) (laughs) is that the kind of thing you want to say about yourself? Yeah. Oh, just like a resting, like a resting bitch face thing. Yeah, is oh, exactly. Okay. All right, good, good to know. Um, I'm sure people uh, are, are happy to to learn that little uh, <laughs> about you today. Okay, so uh, I'm happy that the the Green Bay win could uh, could could give you reason could to help smile. my RBI. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. Um, there was another big game in the NFC yesterday, though. The Giants went to Dallas and they took a beat down from the Cowboys. So under those circumstances, I have to take my medicine and bring my favorite Cowboys fan on the show. He writes the Cowboys preview for you every week on the website. Welcome back to the Syracuse Technology Studio, Rick York. Thank you. Glad to be here again. Um, Last year, you were in a couple different times for us, and the Giants had eked out uh, some wins over Dallas. Dallas was... I think reasonable people felt like Dallas was the better team all year, but the Giants had, had snuck away with a couple wins, so that must have felt good last night as you were watching that game. Right. Last year, uh, another two fluke wins, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as usual, like any Giants win. Kim, um, Kim pointed out on the season <laughs> on the NFL season preview that that was something she was looking forward to in week one because j- just because it was going to be so difficult for the Giants to win, I think it would have been four in a row. Right. They had won. And just in any rivalry, but especially in that rivalry, all, you know, joking aside, that is so hard to win. Unless one unless it's an era where one team is dominant and the other sucks, which kind of in Giants Cowboys, if you look at what they did in the seventies, eighties, nineties, that sort of thing, it was like that often. 
but if both teams are relatively competitive, that's that's not common. Right. I mean, the overall record doesn't reflect it, but I think uh, since the new stadiums opened, uh, I think we've only beat the Giants there like maybe two times now, maybe three, two or three at maybe. most. But uh, yeah, they, they, they got they, our they, number they there win. for whatever reason. And they yeah, but they Hate win, it. but they win at each other's quite a bit. Right. It's always close. Usually pretty close. Because there's a lot of years where yeah. it's a split where the road team won both games. Right. So it's unusual, but. Uh, yeah, so we all right. So we got a lot to cover tonight. We'll not. We'll try to not be too focused on just Cowboys and Giants, um, but I wouldn't blame Rick. Obviously, if he wants to talk about that for a while, um, Rick, the winners write history. So, in a few thoughts, um, how did last night's game play out for you watching? And what I mean by that, when did you start feeling really good about Dallas? When did you know it was over? And if there was one thing that they did especially well, what would you attribute it? Um, I never felt good the first half. Really? Uh, the tail end of the first half when they got that last field goal uh, to go up 16-0 before the half. Um, I started to feel a little bit like, you know, we had some breathing room. But um, before that, no. They were up six. Uh, it felt like, you know, we were tied or down. Did you think they had – did you think the Giants had anything going with that long drive to start the second half? No. <laughs> Okay. By that point, I had sort of figured out that, okay, this team has no run game. Yeah, uh, none whatsoever. Odell Beckham's not there. There's nobody scary out there. Yeah. They're going to throw a couple passes to Shepard. He's going to get, you know, a couple big plays. But um, And that didn't that – didn't No, that's not going to – that's going to evaporate. Eli didn't look good. So, um, which is uh, – oh, we have so much – Are you worried about him? him? I'm not worried because I just think I'm a realist and – I think we've just seen a decline in his game for a few right. years. Uh, I think it's really dangerous to put maybe the most immobile starting quarterback in the NFL behind maybe the worst. We got to talk about Seattle's offensive line problems later too. But <laughs> right. you know, the, it was weird that in the game yesterday of in the two games, those two huge NFC games, returning playoff teams, Seattle certainly a returning division winner. It's weird that it would feature two of the league's absolute worst offensive lines, Seattle, and then obviously New York. So, but back to Eli. So here he is in, you know, at age 36 and I think year 14 in the NFL. And so he's not getting younger and faster and more mobile. Um, So to play behind that line, their offense is so limited and... You know, I, I wrote about this a lot on the website just last year. That for them to decide to, for them to to say to proclaim, we're okay with this offensive line, I thought was a mistake then, and I think it's an even bigger mistake now, or or in this going into this off season. Um, important question for you because you know the Cowboys personnel better than, than we do, is Dallas's defense, especially up front, are they significantly improved, or are the Giants just that bad? Is it a little bit of both? Uh, going back to last year, uh, I think they were ranked uh, near the bottom. Not the bottom, but uh, pretty close. Uh, and they played above their heads, I think, um, last season. They were a lot better than people were predicting or gave them credit for even. Uh, last night, it's hard to say. I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, they looked good. Uh, they made plays when they needed to. Uh, they kept them right to, what, three points? 
oh gosh so <laughs> i mean you can't you can't rushing. be you, you can't be upset about that and you can't really nitpick that too much uh, as much as the giants didn't look good offensively we still made the plays and yeah absolutely kept the score down so i was happy with that um and they i got, think and again they they're going to be above average they got a rush right and they they got after eli and he was he was rushed he was hurried and i think we all know he's he's not uh some quarterbacks in the earlier game uh, you've got Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson, and then even now Dak Prescott, some guys can handle that. Right. And some guys are even maybe a little better under some chaos. Eli's not one of those players. <laughs> so I thought Dallas came in intent on getting after him. Uh, I thought they they knew that New York could not run on them, and I thought they executed really well. And I don't, you know, I don't right. know how much of that is just because – New York sucks offensively. One game, I loved what I saw. Uh, I think they'll be good all year. I mean, they're not going to be the 85 Bears, but, uh, you know, if they can do enough to keep the score down and uh, let the offense do some work, um, I think we'll be all right with it. Cautiously optimistic. Um, How did you feel about Prescott? Uh, You know what? The first half, um, I was kind of thinking, you know, I'm not real impressed right now. Really? (laughs) He looked... Good. I'm, you know, he doesn't make mistakes, which again he didn't last night. Um, so I can never fault him for that. Uh, you know, he doesn't throw the ball away. Uh, holds on to it. Doesn't get sacked too much. Um, but then again, you know, he's not as flashy. I think coming off the Tony Romo, you know, offensive explosion or you know, the reason- interception machine, it's a little bit less exciting, and maybe that's why I kind of was a little down about it. But uh, one of the reasons that I actually thought he was very impressive is because uh, the Giants do defend pretty well. Right. And I thought what the Giants did well is they took Des Bryant out of the game, flat out. Uh, Jenkins is really good. And I thought the Giants game planned well on defense uh, to go down there. And for how atrocious the offense was, for the Giants to only give up 19, you would hope you could score 20. <laughs> um and especially on the road. But I thought they took Des Bryant out of the game and for Dak Prescott to not to not for that to not rattle him and for the, him to take what the def, what a good defense is giving him and just make the most of it and keep them on the field and slowly put points on the board in that game in that setting, I thought that was really good. And I think we've seen him now this is something for me, I think, that is always the mark of a good quarterback is can he – different games take on different feelings and, di- you know, different – not feelings, different um, – not feelings as in emotions, different different scenarios, different types of games. Right. He can adapt. He can adapt. Right. And he can – so if you're playing a defense like the Giants and they've, they've game-planned well, he will uh, – he will take what the defense gives him and make the most of it and can win a game where you only need 19 to win comfortably. You can get into a game like the divisional playoff last year that they lost to Green Bay, but they get down big, but then he brings them back, and it kind of turns out in, in, into a shootout, and he was great in that game. So I think we've seen him be good or, or near great in a lot of different scenarios, and I think that speaks really highly of him. No, I, I'm very happy to have him, <laughs> believe me. Um, I'm always nitpicking, but uh, no, there's nobody else I'd rather have him there. Elliot got a tough 100 yards for you last night? He did. Um, he looked good, and he looked like he did last year. 
Um, gets a lot of extra yards after getting hit, uh, which I love. Um, you know, eats that clock near the end. There's just nothing they could do. It was great. Yeah. Um, once he starts, <laughs> you know, he starts getting those runs down, getting those first downs. It's just, it's crazy how you just see the clock just go down and down yeah. and down. There's, you know. And then you wear down. Not a the thing defenses. they can do about it, right? Yeah. I mean, because at that yeah. point they're worn down. Yep. And uh, the, yeah, the Cowboys line is impressive. And they, because they had that line in place, they could go out and draft Elliott. Um, how do you feel about his situation with suspension? Um, I mean, obviously I was happy that it was postponed, I guess is the word to say. Um, I know it's, it's a big of, legal mess right so now. Up, but it's so up in the air of whether or not he, he could end up playing the whole season. Right. I think it's going to be like the Tom Brady thing a couple of years ago where he ended up playing the whole season and then but they then come it, to some kind of deal. I don't know what they'll do. The following year. I, yeah. Depends which, how that goes. Which I think you always play and appeal and push it off for as right. long as you can. Yeah, I mean, we'll, because we'll deal knows? with it when it happens. But but who knows what uh, happens? I mean, you'd obviously, you'd rather a year from now when he's a year older as right. running back. Of that's course. when you'd rather serve <laughs> course, suspension yeah. than sure. now. So uh, I, think they're, I think they're smart for him to keep uh, pushing this out as long as they can without getting into any right. um, I don't know where it's going to go. Conversation I, of what did or didn't happen because right. that's not our concern. We're not. Well, no, <laughs> I would think they have some kind of case. Uh, we've seen things like this happen before where, you know, the player will appeal to try to get it, you know, cut down a couple games. doesn't work. They drop it. They take their suspension. Yeah. So the reason they're fighting this, I'm hoping they do have a good reason. Yeah. I sure. want to think that. Uh, I guess we'll see. It'll come out. But yeah, uh, I think he's good to go for the year. I I if I had I to think predict, it's gonna if I had to be another predict, Tom Brady situation games yeah yeah Kim Maley you think Elliot plays all year I'm gonna go with yes I, I think the appeals process is gonna be dragged out um which you know him playing 16 games is very good for Dallas he's the leading rusher um last season on the team so we'll see where it goes yeah he's uh he he's turned into an incredible asset for them um so so I think Dallas's ability to control the line of scrimmage certainly when the Giants are on the field, but even on offense as well, because they eventually wear down. And the Giants have a good defensive line, but any defense eventually gets worn down. So I think Dallas controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, uh, obvi- Prescott playing well within what the defense is giving him, and then the fact that you got Elliott, I just think it, I, I, I think it all went really well for them. Um, we will. What's interesting is next week. They go to Denver, right? Yes, yes. Almost the same exact formula. Right. Denver has a loaded defense. Quarterback problems. Right. Um, (laughs) And it's uh, it's Monday, September, which anniversary of September 11th. I should acknowledge that. Um, But it's Monday, September 11th. So Denver's going to play tonight in that weird first week doubleheader. Oh, yeah, 1030. Which is so stupid. Kill me, Um, yeah. Monday night football just kind of sucks in general lately, but it does. Just, but to start it that late is just, but it's, yeah, it's ugh. dumb. Um, so Denver's not going to play until tonight, and we'll learn a lot more about Denver. But I'm imagining if they beat the Chargers, that it's kind of an ugly win, the same way that Denver won eight games last year, with just dominated by defense, and right. who knows what they get from whoever they end up <laughs> having at quarterback. Um, so similar routine next week, except Dallas has to go on the road. And I think it'll be a lot of the same. Can they can they overpower a good defense, outlast and and win? But on the road, uh, D- you know, Denver, New York. Now that I'm talking about it, 
pretty similar teams. So it might be a couple, you know, might be a few weeks before that script is flipped and Dallas and gets into some sort of a shootout or a game where they actually go up against a really good quarterback. So, you know, we'll, we'll learn about them throughout the season, obviously. But I think all in all, you've got to be thrilled with that start, right? Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, what Denver does tonight. We keep an eye on that. Uh, see how their offense looks. Uh, we know the defense is going to be good. Yeah. See what we're getting into next week. But uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I think uh, I think we can win out there. So lots went, so lots went right for Dallas. Um, and hopefully this doesn't just turn into me ranting about the Giants, but um, you guys watch the game. So, Kim, I'll start with you. Any anything in the game any players specifically that maybe you expected more from um any any first thoughts about just why the giants are terrible i mean i think next week will truly show if the offense is truly broken um if you know odell beckham if he's back, comes we... back um you know i've been i've been hearing where's marshall where's brandon marshall that was kind of a topic today um you know, Brandon Marshall is a possession receiver and, and actually a very good one. But, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be open early on in like plays Beckham. for the Giants. Like Beckham. Yeah. Um, so we really can't compare the two when it no, comes to offense. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see Brandon Marshall and what his role is for the Giants in the upcoming weeks. Um, but... You know, I don't. I don't think that really clicks necessarily with Eli Manning's um, ability to um, to get the ball out. I mean, and, and extend plays, <laughs> right? And, and extend plays, especially with that offensive line. You know, Be, because Marshall is better as the, as the play is extended, mm-hmm. and he's very good at spot at finding spot soft spots in his own, finding ways to get open when when there is a little bit of chaos and. Eli doesn't have time for that to happen. Um, if Beckham's on the field and and the back end of the defense has to pay attention to that, maybe even with this terrible line, Eli has a little more time and that helps w- with him finding Marshall. But I think you are 100% correct. For a possession receiver, for people to expect that he was going to have a Beckham-like game last night, they're totally different players. And... Um, he also, I think, looked a little lost at times in, in getting set up. And and Rick, one of the things that I thought late, you know, as the, I mean, we knew it was looking like Beckham wasn't going to play, but one of the things that I thought was probably really challenging for the Giants is when you don't know that he's going to play. So you've got, you've got Beckham, Marshall, Shepard, and then they've got Ingram, who's the tight end that's actually a receiver. But then when one of those guys goes out, now you're shuffling who plays which receiver spot and and in which, you know, in the various formations. And I think throughout preseason, Marshall plays a certain role, and then now all of a sudden Beckham's not playing. That's not an excuse for the Giants, but if I was trying to make Giants fans, myself included, feel better, that's something I would throw out there, that you lose your superstar player and now you're shuffling where they're – you know, if, if the Cowboys don't have Des Bryant, Cole Beasley, as decent as he is at his job, he can't play Des Bryant's spot on the field. He's not he's not the split end receiver. So, um, so I so I think Kim makes a good point. We'll we'll have to see what happens with Marshall throughout the season. 
Beckham coming back, obviously a big deal. The line, though, with all due respect to the Cowboys' defensive line, I just I think they're average at best, and they had their way with the Giants' offensive line, right? No, we'll find out. <laughs> I mean, I would disagree a little bit. I said I don't think they're amazing, but uh, maybe. I, I will say this. I think that the Cowboys' offense and maintaining possession – and eating clock, and you were talking about how late in the game that they just get better and better, and Elliot gets better as the game goes on, and, and Frederick and all the guys up front. I do think that helps the Dallas defense a lot because the more you keep them off the field, the better they're going to to be as well no, when they're called upon. So, you know, so I do think that's that's a good point. Um, so, oh, lots right for Dallas, lots wrong for New York. Um, a few, just uh, a few, a few rants. Um, so I hope Giants fans just finally acknowledge that offensive lines are more important than receivers. And I was thinking about it, Rick. The Giants and the Cowboys from ten years ago to now have flipped personas. Oh yeah, I mean, what they focused on. If sure. you if you think yeah. about what what Dallas was doing ten years ago, trading away. Multiple draft picks for Roy Williams, oh. and you know just the the moves that Dallas was making, right? Um, and the personnel they were bringing in, and neglecting things like lines. And then you look at the Giants now, who have the worst line in football. And rather than spending free agency money on that, rather than drafting well at those positions, which I get, it's really hard. But rather than addressing that in the draft and free agency. Let's send money. Uh, let's let's go spend free agency money on Brandon Marshall. You've already got Beckham and Shepard, and right. you dra- and you and you, whether you wasted or not remains to be seen. But you you spent a, a, a first round draft pick on the kid from Ole Miss to come in and play receiver essentially. So to go spend free agency money on Marshall, to me makes no sense, and it seems like something Dallas would have done. Well, uh, who cares that we've got the worst tackles in the league? Let's. Let's get another receiver. Let's spend money on the name guy who's past his prime. Right? Yeah. It just and then yep. and then three, four years ago Dallas decided to build this offensive line. Um, when Romo was still there. And I thought it was smart. And I thought we saw it as early as it really came together fast as early as twenty fourteen. Right. When they sh- probably should have won the Des Bryant no catch game. <laughs> and and here they are twenty fourteen, twenty sixteen, and I think poised for another good twenty seventeen year. And it just, it just, I never would have, everything's cyclical with rivalries and divisions and who wins the East. So of course there's going to be years that the Giants are down and the Cowboys are good and vice versa. But I never thought that the Giants would be the team abandoning the importance of line play in my <laughs> whole life as a Giants fan. And, and it's, and it's now like about a four or five so year yeah. period where they just they they're just negligent or they don't care or they think they can just keep doing the same thing and it'll get better and it's just weird to me to to watch because the cowboys learned their lesson and they've come around on it and now the way they play offense is to me impressive dominant and uh and it's something to watch for us to watch this year so. yeah i credit the uh, jones kids for that really for taking uh, over the, the personnel <laughs> a decisions. lot of read yeah reading between the lines and interviews and you know, over the past few years and everything, it seems like Jerry's not giving over the reins, but is more open to listening sure. to his kids about, you know, drafting and, you know, how they're supposed to build the team. Um, I think Garrett has a little bit of input there, too. Yeah. I think he really 
<laughs> is big into that offensive line, knows the importance of it. He's really pushed for that too. Uh, oh, no, so he's he's. Uh, I think we've seen now, um, not, you know, not counting 2015 when when Romo was hurt and they didn't have Prescott yet. But the last really three year time frame, I've, I think we've seen hopefully people get that Garrett's a really good offensive coach. Right. Uh, if, if, yeah, he's a little if, he's a little given, underrated. And I I didn't love him when he came out, but uh, I've come around on him a lot. But you're I mean, but you'd rather have Garrett than go back to Wade. Oh yeah. Oh, Although God. Wade's a great defensive coach. I, I, I'm I not going to take the defensive part away from him. But, yeah. uh, no, I don't want him as head coach. Absolutely not. they couldn't have kept Wade on he as couldn't defensive have, coordinator. He couldn't have got out fast enough. Can you imagine if they had kept Wade on as defensive coordinator, if he was willing to do that, which you wouldn't be when you get fired from being the head coach. But <laughs> Right? But, like, if they had kept him on as defensive oh. coordinator, all he did was go win a Super Bowl you in know, Denver. And, right. now, and now the Rams are going to play good defense under him. So I mean, they did. T- they pretty much took all the play calling away from him by the end. Yeah. Did I tell you I saw him um, in March at no. the draft or not the draft? I'm sorry, the combine. Wait, you were you were at the NFL? Combine? I, for, oh, I didn't. Oh, so I didn't tell Wait, you about this. I, Listen, this, so this is the perfect no, time no, no. for us to hear about it. What, what took you to I the don't, NFL combine? I don't pay that much attention to the combine. I'm not. No, a, I'm not. A, I'm not a big college guy. And um, well, right. no, I just don't like it. I just it's don't. A tease. I hate like getting excited for off season stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit! But now I have to go back to reading about pitchers and catchers report or something That's, boring. And you got me all excited for football, and I don't yeah. get it till September. Right, it's too early in the year to get excited about football. Right, it's <laughs> March. I'm like, you know, I don't care. I, did, I honestly, I didn't even know what was going on that weekend. So I had a business trip in Indianapolis. So I get okay. to the hotel. It's right next to Lucas Oil Stadium. Yep. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So and, Go. <laughs> and for people listening that don't know NFL Combine every year, it's at the right. the Colts Stadium in Indianapolis. Is it there every year? I didn't even know it was there every I'm year. Pretty, I'm pretty. Sure. I thought they moved it. And I'm around. Like uh, I didn't. I had no idea. I think they're going to. I didn't even know I that. Think, I think one of the big things about the Rams going back to LA is the NFL would like. Oh, to Oh, they're going to put it there. back there. The NFL yeah. would like to do a lot of stuff in LA, but um, no, for several years now, I'm pretty sure it's been in Indy because they have yeah. a nice ind- for that time of year, and it's a nice indoor stadium, and it's good yep. for all those stuff. All right, so anyway. Anyway, so part. this hotel's like amazing. It's awesome. So uh, convention center hotel, super nice. Uh, like I said, right next to the stadium. Okay. Um, so I get in there and I see the banners all over the place, the combine. So I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You know, I see players walking around. I don't know who these guys are because they're college guys. I don't yeah. know. Uh, then I started seeing, you know, some coaches walking around. I saw, um, I did not see Jason Garrett. Wanted to. So I saw Wade Phillips and I basically had to walk in the same direction as him. And I'm like, all right, can I, can I stop and like actually, you know, say hi and thank you or... Am I going to just start ranting and raving with this guy? I don't know. So I just, I walk next to him and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't be nice. I, I, I don't, I don't hate the guy. I'm not going to like yell at him, but I'm just like, you're you know, that mad about 2007. I don't want to get started on that. That's old news, but <laughs> there's just so many things. So many just bonehead plays. I don't know. I, but you, I don't so like you the guy. I couldn't, so you didn't bring yourself to I say. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't because I was going to start. Hey, I, coach. I, I couldn't do fan. it. Like, couldn't do it. So yeah, I saw, you know, Rich Eyes and a couple other guys, uh, yeah, they broadcast <laughs> there all week. I would assume all day. Best part day. of my, best part of that later in the night, getting hammered drunk at the bar. Uh, it's probably like nine ten o'clock at night. Were you not taking your business trip seriously? No, <laughs> I, was drink, I was drinking the entire time. Okay, <laughs> sounds like a good. They had like trip. three bars downstairs. It was incredible. Like, oh my god, it was so good. But um, yeah, so I was going to the elevator. I was going up to my room. I don't remember for what because I was going to come back down. It was early, but I walk into the elevator. And who's in there sitting in his, you know, jean shorts and hoodie? Bill Belichick. In the elevator? Yeah. It was just me and him in there. 
And oh, wow. was, it I was just, just like, was it just a scary silence the entire? Elevator? No, he like asked me what floor, and I'm like, I'm hammered. I'm like swaying back and forth, and I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. Like, so I don't want to see this guy because I, floor, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Patriots fan, but I'm, I like Brady, I like yeah. Belichick, I like watching him. Was yep. he wearing his Trump hat? Oh, he was not. Mm. I could have talked to him about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Good conversation starter. Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't think he noticed, but he probably did. I did get a picture of him. Oh, nice. Like, it's really sneaky. I'm just like you know, nice. t- pretending to check my phone, but I'm like kind of putting it up at an angle. <laughs> and I just like, I'm just hitting the button. I'm like, snap, 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 just to try to get like, so I have all these blurry pictures. Okay. <laughs> I have like one good one. I'll have to show it to you sometimes okay. somewhere. Very good. But uh, it, was, it was a short thing. I didn't acknowledge him or anything. I was just like, you don't even have to credit the Associated Press. He was asking what floor I wanted to go to, and I'm just like, yeah, four, floor, four. Your four, floor. Eight. Oh no, wait, floor eight. I don't know. I'm just like, okay. And I'm like, oh, that was so cool. Um, so, <laughs> so that was and, my combine experience. And uh, how long were you there for? Uh, about three, four days. Three, so I was there days. pretty much the right, duration of the whole thing. Just concurrent with. Yeah, I got there on a house. Sunday, and I was there till oh, Wednesday. Okay, yeah. so, so it was basically the whole time. The whole thing. Yeah, so cool. so every morning, night, as you're coming and going from work to the hotel, yeah, you see the players seeing, coming in and out. You're seeing everyone. Yep. So pretty awesome. Was there it was a, cool? Was there a, like a media storm? Were there? People? No, no, it wasn't uh, crazy. Like once in a while, you'd see a bunch of reporters, you know, around somebody, and it was, you know, it's Tony Dungy, okay, or something like that. Oh, you know, cool. it wasn't. Yeah, so it was kind of cool like oh, that. That's but the one it, I would want to talk to. Yeah, but it wasn't like you know, the players are just hanging out, sitting around. It wasn't anything crazy. I wonder if maybe that was part of why they decided to put it in Indianapolis in March. Yeah, I think there was a lot of writers. The bit, the city no, didn't seem that on, the city didn't like, seem any no, crazier. Like it I doesn't mean, seem. Like, I'd never I'd been there once before, but never like went downtown too much. It, yeah. it wasn't anything you know crazy down there. Okay. Oh, pretty cool. So, um, but it so, was cool, yeah. Very good. So, yeah. um, so listen to the football pod because you might hear about Rick running off into, topic. Uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick in the elevator. Um, so. One of the um, one of the things with the uh, let me get just back to finishing up ranting on the Giants. Um, so I'm looking at their schedule today, and I go on I, I quick go on ESPN to look at the Giants schedule, and on the Giants main page, you know ESPN's Giants page, they actually ran this headline. It was the top article, so there's the link. You know, you click the link for the headline, and it says Giants may need to do something about offensive line. Well, how fucking profound you <laughs> may, again. May. Um, the Giants may need to do something on offensive line. And it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm just, I'm afraid it's going to be a, uh, a very, very long year. Um, if you include their playoff loss to, to the Packers last year in the wild card round, the Giants in 17 games last year averaged exactly on the dot 19 points per game. Um, so that's not good. Uh, and they got a grand total of three last night, so that doesn't lead anyone to believe that their offensive line has improved. Um, you won't, if you go back to last year, they haven't – Rick, this is interesting. They haven't scored 20 points in a game, seven games in a row now. I saw that stat last night. They put that up uh, near that the is, end of the game, and I was like, wow. That like, is that's so kind of bad. surprising. <laughs> it's not 1986. Right. I mean, that, they I mean, have some – they have the tools there. And you've got – I mean, but it's or they don't, and that's why. Mm. And uh, you can't just rely on slant, catch and route. You know, Beckham seventy-five yards for a touchdown every drive. So, um, so they average in that seven-game stretch where they can't score twenty in a game. They actually average thirteen and a half points. Oh. Seven games now, in the last seven games in a row, they're averaging less than <laughs> you know two touchdowns. Can't win like um, that. 
So it's a very bad offense. Uh, they need to make a lot of improvements, so many improvements in so many areas. And the fact that they they returned this line exactly as it was last year to this year, and Jerry Reese told us in the offseason, that's the Giants GM for those of you that don't know, uh, told us just to believe that it would be better. It really has to get you thinking about how poorly the organization has done in recent years when it comes to scouting, drafting, and developing talent. I don't think it is a, uh, I don't think that it's a coincidence that most of their problems personnel-wise can be traced back to when uh, Ernie Accorsi, longtime GM, retired and Reese took over. And somehow he just doesn't get much, uh, he, he just doesn't get much criticism. And we're seeing we're seeing the product on the field that he's uh, that he's built and put together. Um, Giants also don't have any running backs, and I was going to ask that. you about that. What you thought so, about? Well, so that's all you you hear almost as much about the Giants not having running backs as you do about their awful offensive line. And I get that Giants fans want to complain about the lack of running backs. And in the off season, you hear them saying, "Well, maybe they can get Adrian Peterson, or maybe they can draft Delvin Cook," or and but but I'm I'm telling you if if Elliott last night was suiting up for the Giants and Perkins or whoever the Giants starter of the week is is suiting up for Dallas Giants ran had 35 yards rushing last night if Elliott's suiting up for New York maybe they have 45 or 55 but it's still bad and you can put some adequate running backs in the backfield for Dallas and they are not as explosive as Elliott but you can still win right the offensive line is five mammoth, hopefully um, vicious, tough guys up front and smart. And it's a team within a team. And those five are so much more important than the one back on the field. Um, so the so the Giants, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of whining about them not having a running back. And uh, when, when there are three... <laughs> defensive linemen in the backfield every time you get the ball um it really doesn't matter if it's if it's uh, perkins or, or jim brown um they're just they're a disaster offensively right. and uh we've seen this coming uh they've built a good defense only through free agency not jerry reese's drafting and that's that keeps them in games but offensively from quarterback to line to to running backs they've just got so many problems so all right, uh, I will uh, at this point be like most Giants fans and just, you know, I guess talk myself into hoping it gets better. That's week one. Little Stay positive. The sky hasn't fallen yet. I mean, I hope it is for them. But. Positivity. <laughs> um, before we talk about the other big game in the NFC yesterday, Rick, very important question because I picked Philly to win the East this year. How do you feel, and it's only week one, how do you feel – about the NFC East, who's ba- Dallas's biggest? Um, wh- who's who's going to be the toughest for them to beat in the East this year for that division? I don't know. I like when everybody's kind of good. It uh, makes it a little more interesting. I like those rivalry games. Uh, Eagles look better than I thought. Uh, I did pick Redskins for that game. Yeah, um, I love Cousins. I think he's really. Re- I think he's. I think he's really good. I do. Hmm. Um, I'm high on him. I, think I hate that, to say that, but uh, I think that Cousins will be really average think he's this good. year, and he'll have a couple like 450 yard passing games against somebody <laughs> bad, and that'll pad his stats. And then in the off season, everyone will wonder why nobody's signing him, and the Redskins will. I don't. I don't. I forget the rules if they can. I think this is finally 
Like, you can only franchise so many years. Right, I think he's done after this year. So they'll have to finally pay him, or he'll end up somewhere. Um, The other quarterback in that game yesterday that I thought looked really good was Carson Wentz. Um, I thought he looked really, really good. Um, I watched a lot of that game. I thought I was really impressed with him as far as year two and taking a leap, kind of. Uh, I think that Philly defensively is really good. It's a Jim Schwartz defense. I think they're going to uh, play a smart, aggressive defense all year. And I think Philly doesn't have Dallas's offensive line, but a slight, a slightly younger, almost as good offensive line. And then they brought in um, Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, and mm-hmm. so they have some receivers now. I think Philly is really legit, and I think they are going to compete with Dallas all year. Oh, they are. I think it's going to be neck and neck with those two. Uh, I'm really looking forward to those games, uh, big time. <laughs> the what what used to be the um, the Terrell Owens Bowl every year. Yeah, season. right. So, um, okay, that will be interesting. I uh, I'm I'm kind of uh, Eagles look good. I was I was not. Dallas Looking for hard. much from once, and uh, he was impressive. He so. was good. Um, Dallas has a harder schedule. Oh, their schedule's bad, yeah. And that's why I kind of like Philly to win that division. Um, okay, speaking of NFC divisions, and if you haven't picked up on this, we're kind of talking a lot, kind of a deep dive into the NFC tonight, um, just based on which games were kind of center stage yesterday. So let's move to... Kim's been kind of quiet and probably annoyed with me. So let's move to Packers Seahawks to give her um, some time. Uh, this was to me, even even as a Giants fan, um, this game to me was the one that I was looking most forward to in the off season, getting ready for Week One, looking at the schedule. Seattle going in to Lambeau. Um, I think these are the two best teams. D- Dallas having. 2015 was a bad year. Um, last year, great, great game against Green Bay, but they get bounced in the first round. So just success-wise over the last five, six years, maybe even longer, I think Seattle and Green Bay are definitely the two best teams in the conference. So, Kim, how nervous were you for the game? Uh, I guess that's where I'll start. You know, I wasn't nervous going into watching the game, but um... – during the first half, I started biting my nails a bit. I mean, um, it was neck and neck. Play. And, it w- and it was a brutal first half with 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 a kind of at a stand like a they're playing to a stalemate kind of in that first. Definitely. Half. And um, when Rogers threw that pick and ended his um, his streak, it it was a little heartbreaking for me. I mean, you hate to see that happen to um, that good of a quarterback when he's on such you just a like to see anything bad happen oh, to, to Aaron you're right like when he <laughs> broke right. up with Olivia Munn right or you know it was difficult for you for several uh, even watching the commercial for better. I don't know if it's State Farm he can do better, <laughs> he can do better I think I actually I actually think so too I, I, I think I actually so. think Rogers could date like anyone in the world maybe other than Giselle he could do better <laughs> <laughs> all right so leave it at that <laughs> so he so it was but but you're going up against Seattle defense and Rick Kim and I were talking about this um, before we went on, on the air, uh, uh, Seattle is, um, if not the best defense in the NFL, it's what? There's maybe three of them. Denver, Seattle, uh, Minnesota might be again, might be really good again defensively this year. But yeah, I, Carolina I, looked good. Carolina looked good against a very I bad team. I know. I'm, but I, I would put Seattle one. If I, if I had to just. Yeah, we'll uh, see. Base. I mean, off of one game, sure, off of. 
potential. Yeah, I, I think that so. So anyway, Kim, so Rogers, Rogers, uh, I hate to even say struggle, but mm-hmm. was certainly contained by uh, by the Seattle defense in the first half. And then, uh, you know, and then how did you think they they did in the second half? You know, as a teacher, if I were to hand out some shining stars, um, the, okay. the, the Green Bay defense definitely would get um, my first shining star of 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 the game. Um, the defense definitely put the clamps on Russell Wilson and his offense. Um, something that, you know, we haven't seen maybe this fierce of a Green Bay defense in, in quite a while or, or quite a few games, I want to say. They were aggressive, right? Very aggressive. They got after Russell Wilson for sure. Um, and, and, you know, the Seahawks defense being one of the most, I want to call, fierce in the league, um, it was clearly felt by Aaron Rodgers. Um, luckily for the Packers and for Rodgers, um, you know, the Seahawks will most likely be the most challenged um, that they will come across a challenged team. Defensively. Or defensively um, in their regular season for the Packers offensive line. Um, so, yeah, the Green Bay defense really, really So I asked Rick. Put on a show. So I just got done asking Rick. The Dallas defense looked really good against a bad New York offense last night. Yesterday afternoon, is it? that you think Green Bay is improved defensively or is Seattle the only team in the league that could have his offensive line as bad as New York? And that's what made Green Bay look so good. You know, I don't think Seattle has that bad of an offensive line really? as New York. I mean, it definitely is comparable, but, um, you know, Seattle is a team that we see in the playoffs and that we expect in the playoffs year, year. after year. Every year. And um, I'm sorry, Giants fans, but the Giants haven't been consistent and no. um, at all in the playoffs and made the playoffs last year the first time in five or six years. So um, comparing Seattle's offensive line to green to the Giants offensive line isn't apples for apples. Um, Interesting. I want to say that, you know, Seattle, Seattle, where they struggle is their offensive line, but. I have seen improvement with Green Bay's defense just in week one I, compared to last season. I I thought that they I, I thought that they certainly, if nothing else, game planned better than what we saw from them down the stretch last year. I thought they if if the offensive line for Seattle's their problem and it is. I thought it was nice, if you're a Packers fan, to see Green Bay go into that game and say, we're going to exploit this. Mm-hmm. We're going to get after him. We're going to contain him the best we can, and we're going to limit the damage Russell Wilson can do rolling out, getting outside the pocket. They, it, it's just, I think it's hard to send a rush and to also contain someone as athletic as Wilson. And I thought they did a pretty darn good job with it yesterday. So... Uh, Seattle also really struggles to run the ball, and I think that that helped Green Bay. But I think you're right. I think we saw. I, I think if you're a Packers fan, I think there's there's reason for optimism defensively. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Seattle managed 90 rushing yards um, in yesterday's game, but with those rushing yards, I mean, Wilson accounted for almost half of them. Yeah, yeah that's normal. So that's usually that's usually I, I put that on the. Uh, I put that on the website a lot last year. I would look at the Russell Wilson over-under for rushing yards, mm-hmm. and then I'd look at who they were playing. And the most recent one until yesterday was Atlanta in the playoffs. And I just thought to myself, there's, there's no, he's going to be running around like crazy all day. And I think he hit the over on that. Like I, 
try and do like you know prop right. prop uh, suggestions <laughs> if you happen to live in Nevada where gambling is legal. Of and, course. And um, <laughs> and and the Russell Wilson over under for rushing yards is usually is frequently an easy one. Um, so yeah, he w- he was running around like crazy yesterday. Um, okay, so defensively a little bit of improvement from Green Bay, and you like that. Um, how about second half offensively when, when Green Bay finally put some points on the board? Um, you know, last season we were talking about, are there too many options for Aaron Rodgers? Um, is that difficult when there's more than enough options in in deciding what your gameplay is okay. going to be? Because after Jordy, it was like Jordy Nelson and then a lot of the same Lots of right. Yep. Um, you have Randall Cobb back this season. Um, looks like he's pretty healthy so far. He caught nine passes for eighty-five yards. I think I read an ESPN headline has him as the no longer the forgotten guy. So um, he kind of was for like two years. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. You know, I'm I'm hoping that if he stays healthy, he can be playing all sixteen games, and he's going to be putting up those big numbers that um, we've seen before from Randall Cobb. Um, offensively. The Packers did struggle. Um, I, I really want to blame it on the defense of Seattle and how strong they were. Um, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he he gets through it. Um, we've talked about this f- before in Aaron Rodgers quickly snapping the ball when he sees that there's that 12 men on the field penalty it that like he can go for. It last year he would do it every week. Remember the Cowboys oh, game yeah. when they, when they oh, illustrated yeah. Rodgers yeah. running? Yeah. Oh. And, and it's just unbelievable. Smart. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's so smart. It's just, it's just unbelievable to me that the camera catches Rodgers counting and no one on the defense catches on to no. that and says, nope. we got to get our shit together in a hurry, and somebody's got to get their ass oh off God. the field. Um, maybe, but he, yeah, he, he takes advantage of that uh, so well. And, Kim, he got, it, he got it again yesterday, right? He got it again in the third quarter. Um, I think it was linebacker um, Terrence Garvin. He's still trotting off the field, and, you know, Rodgers calls for the snap launches a 32-yard pass to Jordy Nelson in the end zone. And that's exactly what Rodgers does. When he realizes he He's has the caught play. them, he will go mm-hmm. long and he will try his best. Even Because it know, doesn't matter. It's a free play. It's a, it's a free, no-risk play. Um, and, you know, the Packers have also challenged plays where the officials haven't caught that there's only 12 men on the field for their opponents and they've won those challenges actually there's a um, statistic since 2014 Aaron Rodgers has done this 28 times holy shit that many holy shit wow wow, wow. so this is becoming it's almost thing. An, yeah. this, so it happens more often than not like this is almost an every week thing I'll have to think of some like nickname to call this uh, yeah this, that, this, yeah this, this penalty it, play if, <laughs> if it's happening this often yeah you need to, you need to come up with something uh Something creative, something and, catchy, and in your in your Rogers adoration, I'm sure you can come up with something good. So, um, okay, so how about I'll let you you watch more Green Bay than I do, but one of the so I'll let you weigh in on this. But one of the things that I noticed that just when I think he can't get better at something that I thought he was was just particularly excellent at yesterday was his ability to against the the very best defenses in the league, um, Seattle among them, his ability to extend plays, his ability to cause defenders to miss, 
sometimes it's a sidestep, sometimes it's backpedaling. But in yesterday in the second half, there were just so many times where he keeps the play alive and makes something happen, right? I mean, he just is constantly finding a way to make everything happen. Um, Seattle was definitely giving pressure in a hurry um, yesterday's game. And um, this is just Aaron Rodgers. I want to call him playing smart, being creative, knowing his surroundings and what to do with when, you know, he's in the pocket, when he's outside the pocket, whether he's a step back into the pocket. He just has an array of moves, a sidestep, um, you know, and we've talked about this before. Um, he steps into his throw sometimes, but sometimes when he can, but sometimes he's unable to because there's such little space to move around. That's so, a really good point. you know, this requires him to just use his arm strength without even there, stepping. Do there, were, there were a couple yesterday that he, Rick, I don't know if you watched this game. There were a couple that were, he didn't step into it at all. He just slung it with his arm because he literally didn't have the space to step into his throw. So not only is he like sneaky, under the radar athletic, but um, but if you give him the tiniest space to work with and he can't even step into the throw, then he's got the arm strength to beat you too. He's so good. It, it's, it's just he's it's so good. unbelievable the skill set. I mean, he's definitely a quarterback that absolutely does not want to throw a play away. He will buy time yep. no matter what he has to do. Um, and that's what we saw yesterday is when Aaron Rodgers. When the Giants had had that good drive to start the second half against Dallas, yeah, and they and they and Eli looked better, <laughs> and the line was playing okay, and it took so long for them to get down the field with no Beckham, but they did, and then they get down there, and then Dallas brought the blitz on, I don't know if it was first and goal or second and goal. Yep. And you see Eli just drops to the, <laughs> like, he, it's the anti-Rodgers. Like, yeah. if you, if you fold it, yep. like Eli uh, just, because Kim made the, the point about how he doesn't, Rodgers will not give up a play. And, but if you've got Eli or anyone that immobile, um, and the blitz is coming, they've got no chance. Mm -hmm. And there were, and there were, it's just such a contrast between those two. Not to not to unfairly pick on Eli because nobody can do what Rodgers does, but it's like the the Eli play that I'm talking about at the when they got down in goal and then they had to he takes the sack and they've got to settle for the field goal. <laughs> he just crumbles there. Yeah. But like you would never see yep. Rodgers do that no. unless unless just a total emergency. You know he would t he would drop and take the sack if there was right. just nothing to do. But you don't see it because he finds a way to sidestep mm -hmm. rushers and avoid contact and get rid of the ball and often. In a, in a positive play. Mm -hmm. um, so I think Kim makes a great point, it, it, or several good points about these these things that he just seemingly does every week, regardless of how, how good the competition is. Yeah, it was a good first week test. Oh, <laughs> I mean, really kidding good. me? Um, so my, my first shining star went out to the Green Bay defense. Okay. I have another shining star to hand out. Oh, good. And that's to um, Marty Bennett. Martellus Bennett. You're Wait, you're... you're Calling him Marty now? Marty. <laughs> Marty. Okay. Marty Bennett. I've never heard that. Um, you know, I forget what defender um, came after Rodgers, but got him in a not-so-friendly behind-the-back, towards-your-feet type of type of play. Um, and Marty Bennett took a um, – Got the was penalty. It? Got the penalty for Aaron Rodgers. And I just think that, you know, um, so some could argue this means nothing – 
But when I look at it, I really, I really see that you have a team who has each other's back. They have the morale that, you know, they're not just a football team, that they're, they're in this together. And I think that really helps when you might go through some hard times, might go through some losses, you have each other's back and um, it just really makes the team, I think, more cohesive. Well, I, I, I wouldn't, um, I can't say it the way you do with your gold stars and the way you talk to, um, you know, elementary school kids that you just to six year olds that you just did so well <laughs> having here. each other's back. But I was, I was watch, I was watching yesterday um, with, uh, with with Kevin who does the college picks with us, and we're, we're watching that play. And two things. First, I thought since Rogers dove head first. He's not giving. He's not sliding. He's not giving himself up. So I thought the Seattle defender, totally legal, totally fine hit. What I loved about Martellus Bennett's reaction is, in spite of the fact that it was a totally legal, totally fine hit, Martellus Bennett is still saying, "There's only one Aaron Rodgers in the world. <laughs> he's on this team, right. and I don't even care if it was a legal hit. You're not hitting my quarterback." <laughs> I I loved so I, for not all the exact same reasons you did, but very good reasons. I loved it. Um, Kevin and I were watching that, and we we both said that that's great. If you if if he's your quarterback, don't let anybody touch him, no matter what. Um, so that was good. So is that it for is that it for the stars? That's it for my shining stars. Okay, very good. Um, based on what we saw yesterday, I, and this is so great that you guys are both here, and people listening obviously know Kim Kim writes about Green Bay for us every week and does such a good job, and Rick writes about Dallas and. Um, and I'm thrilled because, um, I don't know, the NFL is just good when Green Bay and Dallas are interesting. So based on what we saw yesterday, are Green Bay and – Rick, I'm going to start with you. Are Green Bay and Dallas now the two clear favorites in the conference? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after week one, I you know I hate to say that. But, uh, God, Green Bay looked amazing. They can, you know, take care of Seattle like that. Um, Dallas, uh, a little less impressive against the Giants. You know, they're but, not quite. But, <laughs> they're, but they're not quite the Seahawks. Up, but, but when you give up three points, right? No, I'm, I said you can't uh, can't be upset about that. It's still good. Wins a win. Good division win. Um, yeah, I I guess we'll see what happens uh, going down the line here with some of these other teams, New Orleans, Atlanta, but. Uh, for right now, yeah, they got to be the two clear favorites. I know it's very small sample size, but um, Kim, what do you think? Is it fair a weekend to say that uh, that Dallas and Green Bay uh, are certainly certainly conference favorites? After Week One, definitely, it's fair to say conference favorites for those two teams. Um, like Rick said, there are a couple other teams that you know in the NFC could be con- some contenders. Are we selling Atlanta short? Um, you know what. A little bit. We're selling Atlanta short a little bit. They did pick up a win against the Bears, but like I said last last season, um, probably the worst team in the <laughs> NFL. Does that make a Packers fan just so happy to say the Bears are the worst team, not just in the Central, but in the NFL? I'm going to knock on wood because I hope, I hope there's Jets? never a uh, loss against know. the Bears um, with if Green you, Bay. If you did like a Final Four of the worst, just as a just Do the Jets tangent. and Bears play this year? Uh, no, because I don't no. think the NFC. I don't think the AFC East play. I, I'll have to look it up. Um, the if you did a like Thursday a, night game, I wonder like what a, tickets will be for you. I'm sure. <laughs> um, if you did like a final, no, because um, 
Green Bay. Who does Green Bay play AFC? I'll have to look it up. Um, but if you did like a Final Four of worst NFL team, no, because the Central plays the Central actually this year. So Green Bay has and and the Bears have Bengals, Steelers, oh, okay. that that division. Um, if you did like a Final Four worst before we get back to Atlanta, worst teams in the NFL for like a Mount Rushmore except the worst. Um, Chicago, Chicago, Jets. Can't put Jacksonville in there since they're one and zero. No, I guess Brown, not. Browns, I guess, are still in it, but they looked tough at least against the Steelers. Yeah. But Bear, so I'd say I'd probably say 49ers, Bears, Jets, and then you could you could you know probably by default it just has to be Cleveland based on their history. But <laughs> um, but uh, all right, so Kim, so. Atlanta goes to Chicago. <clears throat> they they beat the Bears, but I think you're making a good point that the Bears, we certainly don't expect them to be going to the Super Bowl anytime soon. Right. And not only that, but Atlanta off their kind of record-setting offensive season, they only scored 23 points yesterday in their opener. So I mean, it definitely wasn't an impressive win from the Falcons. I think there's several things that didn't go well for Atlanta's offense this week, but I think all of them are considered correctable especially since it was the first game with a new offensive coordinator mm-hmm. so the offense should kind of come together as the season goes on i hope so i hope so for atlanta or falcons fans i don't i don't know that we have many but yeah okay <laughs> um so interestingly enough and i think this is it's just thank god football season's here so not only did green bay have to play seattle in a blockbuster nfc game week one but now, Kim Maley, um, where are the Packers going week two? Packers are going to Atlanta. Packers are going to Atlanta for Sunday night football. Mm-hmm. Week two. Oh, that's a good game. Week what two. A, really? What a season opening start That is Green awesome. Bay. Seattle week one yeah. at Lambeau and then at Atlanta. They go 2-0. and oh, that's, uh, I mean, that's impressive. So are we getting into the week two preview? Yeah or not? Uh, not not yet. Not quite. Let's just talk about um, – we'll finish up with some of that, but we kind of are because let's talk about – Green Bay and Atlanta because they played twice last year, right? Mm-hmm. They played twice. Um, Atlanta beat Green Bay twice. 0-2 last season. I mean, so Atlanta's hosting Green Bay for their first regular season home game in their new. I love Mer- that you said that like a tennis score. Mercedes Benz <laughs> Stadium. Okay. Um, the team's final game at the Georgia Dome, ha- um, they won 44-21 over the Packers in the NFC Championship. So it just so happens, or fittingly, I should say, the Packers are going to be their first opponent um, in their newest stadium. And if you're Atlanta, and Rick, tell me what you think, because because obviously you as a Cowboys fan, I'm sure you enjoyed anything you heard on sports radio or TV today about what a big win it was for Dallas. Kim's been happy all day about Green Bay beating Seattle. And I think... It's just normal with those two huge blockbuster NFC games that Green Bay and Dallas get all this good hype the following day. But if you're Atlanta, even though you just kind of quietly won under the radar at Chicago, aren't you kind of thinking, wait a second, we're the defending conference champions. (laughs) Like, you guys have to beat us. And by the way, Green Bay, you came here twice last year. You went 0-2, and you're coming back here again. And I just, I wonder if that, they're professionals, so it's not like anything can be said or anyone can feel slighted and that motivation really, like, plays in. Um, 
but to whatever extent it does, like bulletin board material, um, don't you think Atlanta's got to feel like, wait a second, <laughs> you guys both have to prove that you can be Yeah, us. a little bit, but I mean, I think, they, year, I think but... it was because they were playing the Bears. Everybody expected them to win that game, expected it probably to be a little higher scoring on Atlanta's end than mm-hmm. it was, not quite as close. Yep. Um, I don't think a lot of people paid attention to that game for that reason. That's all. I think yeah. people were a little surprised Very that it was closer, but um, I don't think anybody needs to worry about the Falcons. Uh, they got no, no, not, in what, no, in what no, regard? not in not in playing them. As in oh. any Falcons fans, I don't think you have to worry about okay any problems. They got a great offense and uh, defense within, is solid. They'll the be fine. Offensive coordinator, everything's yeah. going to. I think the, I think they'll be. <laughs> and Kim, you were they'll win their fair share. You were pointing out that. Atlanta's defense got a lot better last year from from a weakness early in the season to the end of the season and improved defense and should be even improved again this year. So Green Bay two weeks in a row, Seattle last week, and now they got to go down to Atlanta and play another aggressive defense that's going to look to look to bring pressure and get after Rodgers again. Um yeah, I mean, Green Bay looked great at Lambeau, where they're traditionally good. I mean, they they should be great at their home fields, but um, Green Bay going to Atlanta territory, where they are zero and two from last season. I mean, it's sh- it's not a good feeling for Green Bay at this for Green Bay fans for the team. Um, a little bit it, of nerves it, going in there. V- it, very nervous. Having to prove that yeah, we can win here. I want to say um, very nervous, especially because, you know, Seattle and Green Bay and Atlanta, they're all most likely um, going to be looking at playoff spots. Mm -hmm. You know, let's talk about if we have a head-to-head tiebreaker. Okay. Um, Seattle and Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay has a win over Seattle. They're going to get the the home game. If it it were to come down to those two in the same – position in the playoffs so. same thing for Atlanta so that's why for Green Bay fans I mean this game not only do we want the win but it's important that we do get the win it's huge and and Rick it's going to be Kim is making a really good point it's going to be similar situation for Dallas right because Dallas is playing the first place schedule so that would mean Dallas this year is going to end up playing Green Bay Seattle and Atlanta each of them throughout the season right yeah, I'm, uh, they've got Green Bay. I just brought it up. They, not really looking forward to any of those, but uh, <laughs> I think they'll be good games. I you know I'd rather see the good game, but uh, yeah, that's so, going to be tough. That's so, gosh, the so, schedule is brutal. So Green yeah. Bay in the first five weeks of the season has Seattle, Atlanta, and Dallas. Right. Wow. Yeah. So so Green Bay, Dallas is week five. Um, Dallas, Atlanta, uh, several weeks after that. Week ten. Yep. And then, uh, and then Rick Dallas also. Oh, they luckily get Seattle at home. Ooh, this makes me happy. Dallas gets Seattle at home. Wow, week sixteen. Yeah. Ooh. That is that final huge. week. Yeah, that that could be big. And it's yeah. and it's um, right now at least I hate the flex thing, but right now it's scheduled for the four thirty Fox game. That's my favorite. Yeah. Now that I'm old, that's my. Would you like it when Dallas plays in a huge Sunday night primetime game? Or do you like the fourth third? No, I like the Sunday night game. You like I do. I love the Sunday night game. Waiting all day. Yeah. No, I. Oh, I do. Yeah. You like, so I do. You're, so you're singing along with Carrie Underwood. I am. Every, oh, I'm singing. I'm Sunday singing night. it all day. Yep. I wake up at you know eight o'clock. I'm thinking about it. Which one do you like? The four thirty. 
Me too. I like to kind of Sunday, especially once the weather gets cold, have like, you know, the crock pot going mm-hmm. or, yeah. or the football meal going. Oh, and yeah. then, you know. I like to settle into the, especially as the one o'clock games are all ending, like between three and four. Right. Especially like if you just watch like the Red Zone channel and see the way all the one o'clock games end. And then if there's a good NFC, not so much AFC, because there's just the teams for whatever reason, hopefully Bills and Jets fans, I'm sorry. It seems the AFC just aren't as interesting, but if there's a good NFC 430 game like yesterday mm-hmm. and like this one. It's right always, now, yeah, you're right. It's always the NFC. It's a good game there It's at 430. For, yeah, years, for years, it was Dallas and Philly. <clears throat> yep. Especially like after mm-hmm. T.O. had switched from Philly to Dallas. And right. Like the, the Dallas-Philly game uh, at 430 or a Dallas and Giants game or Green Bay against any of these teams. Mm-hmm. Um Last year it was uh, last year I believe it was the four thirty game on Fox when Dallas went into Lambeau and smoked Green Bay, and this year Green Bay has to go to Dallas. It'd be interesting. So was that Week Five? You said Week Five. Week five. And that oh. and that one also is scheduled for the four thirty Fox game. <laughs> We're gonna find out quick how We're good some of these teams a lot are. Yeah. About these teams because the first place schedule is so hard. So Kim Kim makes an excellent Dallas is four thirty next week too. The Dallas Broncos. The Dallas in the Denver game. Yep. And, that, ooh, that one's on Fox, too. Yep. How does Fox do it? Like ES- I don't know. NFL just gives the shaft to ESPN with Monday Night Football, but somehow Fox gets this 430 game every <sighs> Sunday that's just excellent. It's so good I don't even have to buy the NFL package. I get, it's great. I get, the, I get the Cowboys game. on it's TV the like, game of the week. Yeah. you know, 12 out of the 16 weeks. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, okay, so, Kim, you make a really good point. We're going to learn a lot in a hurry about Green Bay. Dallas, Atlanta, Seattle. Um, so how about, I wanted to ask you guys, as long as, before I forget about Atlanta, um, Carolina, Rick, you mentioned they looked really good last, yesterday. So is, they did. Carol, is Carolina right there with Atlanta in the South? No, well, not right there, no. Um, I think they end up winning, you know, eight, nine games based mostly on defense. Atlanta wins the division. Atlanta wins the division. They're going to win probably Carolina games. Is Carolina in the wild card, at least race uh, all the way to the end? They're going to be in that mix, but I don't think they make it. They just don't. Ha- I don't think they have the offense. I-, I like Newton; he's good. Yeah, he can make plays, but they just don't have anybody. They have no running game. I do too. If the, the receivers Giants, aren't if the Giants great. Giants could pull off an yeah. Eli for Cam Newton, just straight up trade. I'd be very happy. Um, oh, that'd be interesting. So, <laughs> I wouldn't like that. If, I, would, <laughs> I like Eli right where he is. I would. I would love it. Um, <laughs> Eli, of course, I like, like him right where he is. is. Yeah. Um, Please keep him another ten years. <laughs> Totally it, fine with that. And and the thing is, he will try. Uh, and the Giants are gonna the Giants are gonna have some serious decisions to make. And what scares me as a Giants fan, just the um, the way that organization. On the one hand, it's great because if they have a two-time winning Super Bowl quarterback, he will retire as a Giant, and they will want him to play as long as possible right. for the Giants. They're just they're, – they're not Jerry Jones. <laughs> no. Know, they're, they're not going to – you know, Jerry Jones comes in year one and fires Tom Landry. Yeah. The, the Giants don't do that. And, <laughs> a little bit uh, of a splash, yeah. I don't know which method, methodology is better, but uh, but I think you will – if you're a Dallas fan, <laughs> as you just put it, want Eli there for as long as possible – I think you can feel pretty good about that. I I, I don't see the Giants ch- making a change. I think you wait till he gets injured, and then they bring somebody else, and I think that's probably the way to do it, maybe. 
if that happens. What'll be is really, pretty durable. What'll be really interesting to see. Okay, so this year, and I know you don't follow college football the way I do, but stacked draft of quarterbacks. Lots of good. It hasn't been that way for a few years, has it? And and we don't always get it. Yeah. If the Giants have an awful season, and who knows when Beckham comes back now, and just who knows? Would the Giants, if they if they wound up in position to draft someone that like, you're now a combine expert. So (laughs) if if um, the at the combine when teams are talking about a, a quote franchise quarterback. If the Giants were somehow in a position to draft one, when Eli's thirty-six, God, it's hard to say. It? I guess it depends on Eli's season this year. If he, you know, stays the same, is worse. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you think you have to, but then it's, there's so many if. other areas to fix too. It's like, do you go for that and but if you put can, all your chips on that, but or if you can draft like uh, Darnold from usc or or rosen from ucla like right you would know better the potential of these guys so if you can go gr- i don't if know you can go draft one of those you have to draft them and then rebuild your line right the, I mean, you can well, even if re- you bring them into uh, you know study i guess you'd say under eli for a year or two years but if you but if you draft someone that good everybody's yeah, gonna that, want him in. right as soon as soon as eli has one of his bad games everybody's gonna want him well, in there it's it, look it's, at eli's contract well when was davis webb drafted Third round, I believe, last okay. year. That's that's a good point. Um, that Kim Maley, that's a really good point. If so, Giants did draft a backup quarterback out of Cal last year. If if the Giants are struggling, if they are sub five hundred, and Eli just looks awful, not entirely his fault because I don't know who would play right. well behind that line. But you think Giants fans would want to see? I a don't think. Quarterback I don't think Davis Webb. Let's say if something were to happen to Eli, I don't think he's the next in line, but I think potentially he could be the next in line. Hmm. So Eli Manning's 36, probably wants to play until he's 40. Um, will it happen? I I don't so, think. I hope so. <laughs> love to see 40-year-old you know, Eli Manning out there. Giants fans might want it to happen. I mean, Eli Manning is probably the best quarterback in Giants franchise. No, no, I don't know. No, that's, pan- that's a whole debate. Okay, that's a, that's I won't a, get into that debate. It's a lengthy debate. But we can do that on a different show. <laughs> I'm not sure he has the capacity to last for yeah, five we'll more see, seasons. We'll All right, I'm getting us off on another Giants tangent. I won't do that again. Um, so, so we, so, so we've talked about these teams. Um, Kim, NFC. I just asked Rick about the NFC South because he was impressed with Carolina yesterday. Can Carolina, you think Carolina is going to hang around and compete with Atlanta in the South all year? Yes, but I, Cam I New, another a good so Cam Newton league MVP twenty fifteen, then down year in twenty sixteen. You think Cam Newton's going to have a good year again this year? I do. I kind of do too. But I think the NFC South really has kind of a three way competition going on right here, and I think it's going to be neck and neck all the way up to week sixteen. The third team is Tampa. Yes. And that's weird because because of the hurricane, they didn't play this week, so mm-hmm. we can't talk about, you know. Right. Because w- Kim and I were excited when we did that this. That was so year. ridiculous. Can we talk about that for a second? The hurricane? No, don't you think they should have moved the game somewhere else? 
I mean, they had plenty of time to really prep. I mean, obviously, it's going to hit Florida somewhere. Right. I mean, no, but Rick's saying haven't they, they have haven't they done that before else? with snowstorms oh, no, and everything? Like, oh, there's, there's. I remember when the Vikings. Who was it that played in Detroit sta- when the recently. Vikings stadium collapsed from the snow? Yeah. So the Giants and the Vikings played Monday Night Football in Detroit. In Detroit, right? Yeah. So why couldn't we do that? I don't understand why the reasoning behind that. That's I, a great question. Yeah, um, like like I said, they had time. Right? If I were if I were the I get okay. So two so just two perspectives. I was mad from a fantasy perspective. That's what got me mad. Okay, I was actually really Winston, happy. Winston, I want I was I, I was all excited for him, and then I was I actually really find happy a because I drafted Leighton Tipill. I drafted yeah. um, Doug Martin, mm-hmm. and he's suspended. And I drafted him late, knowing that because okay, so he's suspended for a few games. He still is going to have to serve three game suspension. It just prolongs right. that, but it means that his buy is week one instead of like week ten when he'll yeah, be playing. So right. late in the year, oh. I'll have a running back. That's true. That that hopefully at that point he's. I think he'll end up being their starter and and I think carries so, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We're on a nerd fantasy football yeah. tangent here. Um, but I think that's going to work out well. So I was happy. So you were mad about it for fantasy. I was happy about it. Um, it just seemed ridiculous. It's like, I, how many times have they canceled a it's, game? It's like crazy that? how, especially week one. Why can't you just move when it? When it impacts your fantasy week, lineup, like it makes you mad. It made me um, mad. I had to go. I had to go draft a quarter, you know, get a quarterback off the waiver wire week one. Okay. Come so, on. um, so good. All, all good points. Let me just. Let me just. This. This is important. I want to point this out. So Tampa. Tim, do you know off the top of your head, was that game in Miami? It was. Okay. So, because I was like, is it in Tampa or is it in Miami? Either way, the hurricane would have was coming mm-hmm. through there. So, um, so the game was in Miami. So, Rick's point is a good one, except if you're the Dolphins and you move the game, then you're giving up a home game. Right, but they've done that before to people. Like I said, with the Vikings thing. I mean, it's there's the precedent Vikings, for it. But the Vikings thing was like week 15. Yeah, This is true. week one. And since I believe... But is that fair to the players to say, okay, now you're off this week, and now you got to play 16 weeks in a row? Is I, that fair to them either? I don't know. Oh, it sucks for both. That sucks for both teams. <laughs> you know? That sucks all for fired up for week one, and it's like, now you have off, and now and, you have to play 16 weeks the, straight. Just from a health perspective. I don't think that's fair either. From a health perspective, you want the bye later in the season. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it sucks for teams that get screwed and get like a week Oh, week four bye. is crazy. I think that's crazy yeah, too, yeah. That sucks too. So yeah, week one that that sucks. Um, I just if I were the Dolphins, would I rather have lose a home game or just deal with the week one bye? I think I'd rather just deal with the week one bye. Yeah. For Tampa, of course, for Tampa, it'd be a better deal if the oh, game yeah. was played. Well, sure, yeah. In Detroit, well, Detroit was at home. Somebody who say move it somewhere close. Indy. I'm trying to think who was uh, who else was nearby. Atlanta. Could play it in, um, they could have. That would. How weird would that Houston. be if the Falcons are playing Houston? in Chicago? <laughs> if the Falcons are playing in Chicago, right? And the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium that you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. NFL game that'd was actually great. Tampa and Atlanta. Uh, probably wouldn't have let that happen. It's just a shitty Tampa funny. Bay Dolphins game to open that <laughs> yeah. whole stadium up. But Kim uh, and I were talking about this on the long before the hurricane um, news. Kim and I were talking about it was kind of like this this battle of of Florida, Tampa at Miami week one. Kind of a weird matchup because those teams only play each other once every four years, but both expecting to be Miami was in the playoffs as a wild card last year. Yeah. Tampa, Kim just pointed out, should be right there. They want to be with Atlanta and Carolina in that division. So kind of a, a really important Week One game because yeah. one of them is going to be one and zero and getting some. Hey, this is a definitely a contending for wild card team, and one's going to mm-hmm. be zero one and kind of like uh, same old Buccaneers, whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, so Kim, I think you're right. We, we kind of forgot about them because of their weird buy, hurricane buy, but, um, but they could, and I think a lot of people would say should, be right there with Atlanta and Carolina all year. And you, right before we went on the air, pointed out something really important. Atlanta plays Carolina and, 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 and Tampa both a couple times late in the year. Yeah. So, you know, when I look at Atlanta, I, I expect them to have a hot start to their season, but a very slow finish, mainly because of their difficult second half of their schedule. So from weeks 9 to 17, the Falcons have to play all six of their division games. And in addition, face the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the Vikings. And just those last three games, they have a combined record of 31 and 16 just last year. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, looking at the Falcons' schedule, it's definitely going to be a difficult second half of a season. Um, But something to point out, um, the the most worrisome games for the Falcons this year or challenging um, will be week two versus the Packers next week. And again, that's a home game. And then also week seven when um, they take on the Patriots in um, New England, which is kind of going to be an exciting game as a – Let's see if they can um, get a win That's over we, we, their so Super we, Bowl loss. Yeah, so we lucked out because those teams, another example of teams that only play once every four years and just happens to be that they're on the schedule the year after they meet in the Super Bowl. So uh, so not a high probability of that happening, but it did, and that'll be, yeah, that will be a good game. So looking at the NFC South, I mean, one factor in why I'm, I'm considering Carolina and Tampa to be right up there with Atlanta as um, you know, a playoff prediction is because Atlanta has a very challenging schedule the second half of their season, and um, a game or two, a, lo- a loss or two there could really make or break their playoff spot. Excellent point. I agree. Um, that was. I'm, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you've turned into such. Aren't a, you proud of me? You've turned into such a research maven because I didn't realize how <laughs> difficult. I didn't realize how difficult the back end of the Falcon schedule is, and I'm looking at it right now, and that is pretty tough. Um, division, top two division opponents twice in that time frame in Dallas, and yeah. Um, well, first place schedule, so they're the defending conference champs, so they got to earn it. Um, okay, let's do. Let's wrap this up with a couple things, starting with a way too early NFC playoff predictions. Um, we're a week in. We made our predictions on the on the uh, on the season preview show, Kim, but we can revise them if necessary. I might revise a couple. So I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna. We'll do these pretty quick. So Kim, I'll start with you. NFC East. Do you have a revised prediction? Uh, you know what? I went with Giants last week, and I'm just gonna give in and say Dallas. Okay. Good revision. <laughs> I'm sure, Rick, you're Dallas. Rick gotta, convinced me a little bit. <laughs> you gotta go. I'm gonna stick. With go my, with my guys. I'm gonna stick with my Philly prediction there. All um, right. All right, Kim. NFC North. I don't even have to ask. You don't have to ask. Okay. Kim goes with Green Bay. Rick. Same. Yeah, Absolutely. Same. Um, all right, Kim. NFC West. NFC West. Arizona. Who also lost yesterday. They did. And they but... did not look good. They didn't look good, but I just I need to roll the dice and gamble a little bit here. Luckily for your pick, Seattle lost as well. Um, so the West, oddly enough, Los Angeles Rams at one and zero in first place. Rick, what do you think, NFC West? Um, I'm going with Seahawks, but I don't think it's going to be. I think the winner of that division wins nine to ten games. The, the I don't think it's going to be 
anybody's going to run away with it. The Seattle over under right up until the um, season started was ten and a half. Yeah. And if gambling were legal, I definitely would have taken the under on that. Uh, yeah, take um, the under, sure. I'd, I'd say nine or ten win season for them. They gonna, get the yeah, division, but gonna Cardinals be... right behind them, maybe. What about the Rams? I like the Rams, but then... We'll see. It's a we'll uh, see. Yeah, that's okay. question mark. All right, Kim, NFC South. We've been talking about Atlanta and their schedule. NFC South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Atlanta. I'm going to stick it out with Atlanta as well. I, I don't trust Tampa or Carolina. I want to see them both be good, but I just don't trust them yet. Okay. Kim, wild cards, five and six seed. Who you got? Um, I'm going to say the Seahawks and Atlanta. Going Eagles and Lions. Oh, Rick. I like the Lions. What's I think they're going to be a little sneaky. I think they're good. I think their offense is good. So it's, so it's um, interesting you mentioned Detroit because not going to win we, the division. Who we but. haven't seen yet is Minnesota. Right, they play. They're actually probably. It's another question mark. Playing, I'm not sure right now, how so. I feel about them yet either. And we're going to learn a lot tonight against yeah. the Saints because we know that the Saints can at least rack up some yards and points. So can the Vikings right. defense shut them down? Get a good Week One win. Um, Rick, thanks to the um, that fantasy buy that we talked about for Jameis Winston. Um, Rick and I going head to head in Tip Hill League this this week, and Rick had to start Sam Bradford. And normally I'd be giving him a hard time and saying, "Oh, that's gonna suck," but since you're playing me, he's probably gonna have like the best game of his life since yeah, he's like, doing okay so far. Right, Just checked, so, so it's not good. Three um, three. Yeah. Rick, the, the the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys beat the Giants, and uh, and you're gonna beat me in Tip Hill League this week. So it's a pretty good week one for you. Hopefully, yeah. Um, all right. Wild cards five and six. I since I'm going to stick with my Philly winning the East prediction, then I go Dallas as one of those wild cards, obviously fifth seed, and then, ugh, they'll probably suck now tonight. I'll try and reverse jinx um, Sam Bradford. I'll take the Vikings <laughs> as my sixth seed. Um, okay, let's wrap this up with a few thoughts on Week Two. Um, we kind of talked about Green Bay and Atlanta. Um, these are the games that I think we will be picking on the website. Um, Houston at Cincinnati, with the way Houston, well, with the way both of them played week one, this is a totally garbage game, but we'll probably pick it for you guys on the website because it's a Thursday night football game. And what I like to do is give you guys Thursday, you know, if there's different games on different days of the week, I try yeah. to always include the Thursday just so we can get that out on the <clears> website, <throat> give people something to read and follow, and have us pick the games. And who knows what that. <laughs> The Bengals may be the worst team in the league week uh-huh. one, losing 20-0 to at home. Right. That's, That's embarrassing. Rough. Yeah. And Andy Dalton, I think I saw a Bad headline. Andy Dalton showing up, yeah. I think I saw a headline that Andy Dalton, I don't like the ESPN QBR. I, like, I think passer rating is better than QBR. QBR is stupid, but I guess Andy Dalton set a record for like the worst Lowest QBR ever. <laughs> so that's still funny. Um so we'll 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 pick that one. We'll have these up for you guys probably when probably like Wednesday morning. I'll have these up for you guys. Um, so we have the Houston Cincinnati game. Nobody cares, but it gives you something <laughs> to think about on Thursday night football. Do you like Thursday night football? No, I hate it. I thought I would love it. You don't like it either. Oh no! When it first got announced, I'm like I was all for it. I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, another game, different night, but uh, the game's garbage every week. And it's they put so, the worst games it's so on. Weird. It's always they, like, but they're trying. Not Bills to do Jets that. or Cleveland Bengals. It's like, no. Oh. Now, if they do Bills Jets, then they're just saying, oh, they're it's, give you no, it was there. It Bills Miami last year. I was like, oh, who's gonna watch that? Um, 
But I also, if they did a really good game, because when we were kids, Monday Night Football was a big deal. And Monday Night but Football now that sucks, too. Now that sucks, too, yeah. But I actually, I, I'm old, and I don't care because it's Monday, and I don't want to be tired all week, and I want to go to bed early on Monday. But I, I don't watch many of the Monday Night games. They're not, they're not good. They're the, horrible. The, the NFL just is sticking it to ESPN. And yeah. Just like, here's the worst game ever. Monday they should get rid of Monday or Thursday. Don't, not both, yes. but one of them. I would be fine with – I actually I actually now would rather they keep Thursday and get rid of Monday. And my yeah, reasoning for that – I would like that too, I think. My reasoning for that is Sunday night football, they've turned into the big game. Right. Dallas mm-hmm. and New York last night. And it's so it's a letdown the next mm-hmm. day. So the next day is anticlimactic no right. matter what. Yeah. So I would just get rid of Monday – and maybe make Thursday try to make Thursday a little bit better game. Um, Could they have two games on Thursday? I would rather they don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's no. gonna be hard for them if at all the games if they get rid of Monday night. No, you just have one more. That four o'clock slot's always kind There's of always light. extra ones in the yeah. four o'clock slot. Um, they could throw one more. The, the game reason there. I like Thursday better, just everything aside, is. As the weekend is like, and this last weekend, and I, Rick doesn't watch college um, as much as I do. And God, I get nothing Kim, done. I can't Kim, imagine. Kim's I don't know how you guys do it. Um, Rick and I on the college thing, although she's really good at picking the college games. Um, as the weekend gets closer, I get so excited. Mm-hmm. So if there's a if there's a Thursday night game, even if I think it could be okay, I'm excited for it because that means it's almost the weekend. It's right. almost mm-hmm. football. Yep. It's almost you know the weekend. It's almost payday. It's almost Friday. Yeah, like it's just it like I'm in a feel good mood. So oh, there's football tonight. Okay. Whereas Monday now is so anticlimactic, and I'd rather just <sighs> Monday just, sucks for fantasy too. It sucks. You're for, waiting yes. all you know. You yes. finish up the, all those games Sunday. <laughs> You're like, a, oh, wait. There's like, a little last hope that you might know, pull You're through. ahead, and then you're like, oh, the, next, oh, somebody, like, the oh, other shit. guy's got my wide receiver on, you know, Green Bay mm-hmm. Monday night. You're like, oh, you got to wait through that. And, uh, I agree. Good stuff. Okay, so Houston-Cincinnati, we'll pick that game. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo at Carolina. Uh, normally, I put the bills on our, on our picks just because we're in upstate New York, and I would feel really bad if we didn't. But it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I put in our notes for the show, can the Bills beat anyone other than the Jets? And it's not so much that. It's <laughs> as can the Bills go on the road, pretty good Carolina team. Can the Bills even just look good? Can yeah, they compete? Right. They can look good on paper, which they do a lot. But uh, I think I think the, they're kind of a mediocre I think the Bills team. could ugly up this game, and I think Carolina sometimes wins ugly. And I will not be surprised if it's 13 to 6 in the fourth quarter and then this is a game both defenses are good um strong uh, i like i guess i like carolina's offense a little better i like newton well it'll so be, much better than taylor be interesting but to see what the spread is here mccoy is so good it's, too it's got this has got to be a touchdown spread i assume in carolina's yeah. favor it'll be i'm gonna think twice about the bills if it's a big number uh, yeah i think it could be close all right this game is huge I called it the Andy Reid Bowl um, in our notes, <laughs> and I said it was both figurative, figuratively and literally huge this year. Philly at Kansas City. Um, this is a huge game. Huge oh, I like, yeah, I game. like that. It's a good matchup. Kansas City played really well this past week. Obviously. It's um, home for them. I mean. And they've had a mini bye because they played Thursday. Mm-hmm. Right. So they've had several days off, and Andy Reid is really good. Uh Officially after the bye, this is like a mini bye, but he usually does well. So that's a huge game. Um, Minnesota Pittsburgh is 
it could be uh, this is kind of pending I'm hoping Minnesota shits the bed tonight and that Sam Bradford finishes negative fantasy points for Rick but if that doesn't happen if Minnesota takes Please. care of business and wins tonight Minnesota at Pittsburgh would be a couple of 1-0 division leading or division tied leading teams could be a big game um, <clears throat> Minnesota is just always perpetually in that like every year are they any good or not mm-hmm. and, and that could be how well they go and play at Pittsburgh, I think, could could be an indicator. All right. Um, <laughs> New York Jets at Oakland. Uh, those of you that listened to the season preview, we had Greg in here with Kim and I to, um, to talk about the season. And uh, Greg is a very passionate Jets fan, and he's going to be writing a little bit about the Jets for us uh, every week, same as Kim does for Green Bay and Rick for Dallas. So we will, uh, we will go ahead and pick the Jets game every week. This is going to be, this might be a 14-point spread. You'd imagine, yeah. Mm-hmm. 13 and, and a half, 12 and a wait, half. Wait, is it at, it's at Oakland? Yeah. Oh. And the answer to that question is yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bloodbath for the Jets? Because, oh, yes. I think so, yeah. We, we, we spent all our time on the NFC tonight. We'll probably, we'll, we'll try and get back to AFC next week. But Oakland, as impressive as kind of anyone going in and winning at Tennessee yesterday. So, um, Marshawn Lynch is back and looked really good. Uh, the Jets, Jets are going to struggle at Oakland. So that game might need to be on HBO, like rated R, oh Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could get, uh, it could get bad for the Jets. Um, all right, Rick, we talked about Dallas at Denver. Uh, again, Denver sort of in the same boat as Minnesota because we're not going to know. We're not going to know what we know about Denver week one until like one in the morning Eastern time tonight, right. which sucks. I'll be in bed. Yep. But um, Dallas, if I'm a Cowboys fan like Rick York, I want to see them focused and off to a strong 2-0 start. Right. Um, that, that, that's what we're looking at there. Pretty optimistic about that. Be- because Denver, we'll be right. Denver's defense is so good. They can lose tonight, and it's only week one, and they're still going to play great in d- at home in Denver yeah. next week. So um, big big time game. I'm excited for that. That's a huge game. It is a good this, game. Yeah. This is the four-year anniversary of the um, the Peyton Manning-Tony Romo shootout. Oh, yeah. Oh, that? that was awesome. That, that was so good. That was a great oh game. Oh, my God. It's like a 50. I forgot what the final to, score was that. It was 2 to 49 it was almost. I think they almost oh, hit 100. Yeah. It was like right around a hundred points. It was in close. That, game. It that was, was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, so it will not be a final score like that. No. This time around. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. A little less exciting. Yeah. Um, we talked about Green Bay going to Atlanta. I just, I just think the fact that Green Bay was zero two there last year, and whether or not they can avenge that, I think is a huge storyline. Um, Kim, did we miss anything? We, we, we got on that one early, but. We didn't miss anything. It's just, it's just. Can Green Bay go down there? And you know, the thing is, in the regular season game last year, and you and I talked about it a lot the following week. Um, Green Bay should have won that game in the regular season. I thought, I thought that Mike McCarthy didn't do his best job ever with clock management at the end of that game. But the playoff game in the title game, um, Atlanta just dominated. And Green Bay's defensive shortcomings were very exposed. So I think this game, I don't know. I, I can't tell if I was a Packers fan if I would have a good feeling or a bad feeling about it. Do you it's an one? eerie feeling. It's an eerie feeling. It's an eerie feeling. Can't be confident, but. So, okay. Yeah. Well, it'll be it. God, 
that's another one's gonna be interesting to see where the spread comes out on that one. We might have God, to that's look. gonna be real close. We might have to look that up. Is that gonna be um, a pick'em? No, no, it can't be. Atlanta's gotta be. Atlanta's the defending champs. They gotta be favored at home, right? I, I mean, I yeah. Green Bay just Green Bay looks so a good. Big win for the Seattle. Let's, let's Their defense it. looks so good. Yeah, I don't let's know. Let's do a, a quick little game. All right, Rick, you you tell me what you think it's gonna be, and then Kim, you, Rick, you go first. What do you think the spread? You predict okay, Atlanta spread? with one. Atlanta minus one. Minus one, yeah. I'll go with that. I'm gonna go with Green Bay. Wins by three and a half. No, 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 not what's gonna happen. What's the spread gonna be right now? Yeah, Kim. <laughs> Green Bay's not going to be favored in Atlanta. Come on. So is it negative three and a half? That Green Bay. Be, well, no. If it, if it's, if it's Atlanta, well, no. Green Bay's not going to be minus three and a half. Green Bay's not going to be. You can guess that. It could be. <laughs> Atlanta minus three and a half. Uh, you're a little bit closer than Rick. It's Atlanta minus two and a half. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, most of you, I'm sure, know. Seems about right. It's, I guess. But minus three, the home team gets three points is the general rule. So what Vegas is telling you with this early line is that they think Green Bay is by the tiniest margin, a half a point is the, the, the smallest margin with spreads. Vegas is telling you th- they think Green Bay is just slightly better because if they thought they were totally even, it'd be Atlanta minus right. three, and it's only Atlanta minus two and a half. So Vegas is saying they were a little more impressed with Green Bay week one um that is so that's that's in, we'll we'll save most of our analysis for uh for the website and our picks but as long as we looked it up atlanta favored by two and a half i guess i don't even have to ask you i, I know how you're gonna go on this it's gonna be i feel like this is gonna be like a battle of the bastards and that Atlanta's going to come out in the first half with some of their most they're, they're gonna have great everything moves and plays and then towards the second half and the third quarter fourth quarter here comes green bay something's gonna save green bay in the end yes because that's how that episode went all right so obviously you're taking green bay to cover you think they're gonna win the game rick what do you think atlanta minus two and a half uh no i'm going with green bay i'm impressed to with cover them. or win i'm I'm going with green bay yeah rick and wow. i are on the same i am i'm sorry today. i got it I if really it, like Aaron Rodgers. I like I am the defense really, look good. I'm do, I'm I'm, I'm all really in. interested to see what happens with that this week. I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout, but uh, it'll be fun. I wonder. If I didn't even realize that was a game next week. I'm excited for that. I would just, I just almost wonder, as much as the Cowboys now at this yeah, point. That, it's a good one. I, it's going to be awesome. I just wonder if people jump. I I think people are going to jump on Atlanta at minus two and a half because then if Atlanta kicks a field goal in a tie game, yeah, they cover. Okay. Um, that is uh oh uh so anticlimactic um <laughs> the other game we'll pick this week is detroit at new york on monday night football but uh after no, talking man. after talking about all these other of course that's NFC a monday teams, night game yeah no difference <laughs> that game um okay before we sign off did i forget anything any parting words that either of you have to chime in with nope i'm good okay um, Rick, thank you so much for coming in and joining thank you. us tonight. We will, uh, will this week will be the first week that we get your Cowboys thoughts yes. on the website, and um, that's going to be a lot of fun. So you guys out there, stay tuned. TheFootballPod.com will have picks up for NFL and college both, and otherwise we will talk to you next week. <laughs>